But Jonathan, you should push her onto her side. Everyone knows that. Ooh, oh, good, good point. <laughs> she, he's gonna be like, you're welcome, Nancy. I took you home. And the next day they're gonna be like, Nancy choked on her own vomit and died. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Oh. Hello and welcome to our Stranger Things podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. What do you want to be for Halloween, Robin? So for our fun fact, we thought of a whole bunch of different fun facts, but a lot yeah. of them we had already done before, and so we're making this one a little bit more difficult in the way that it's, like, not some, not your favorite Halloween costume that you've ever had, mm-hmm. but the Halloween costume that you always wanted. Yeah. Slash want to do the most now. Yeah. I had the best aunt ever. Shout out to my auntie Charlene. Mm-hmm. She made all of my Halloween costumes, and they were always awesome. So I want to be Hermione. I've got a Hermione costume. Mm-hmm. So I want to be... A tornado in sixth grade? I'll be a heckin' tornado. One time I told her that I wanted to be a picnic as a joke, and she made me a picnic costume, and then I had to tell her that I was kidding and didn't actually want to be a picnic. Oh no! Oh my god! Yeah, it was like a, it was like a board on top, like my head came out of the middle and it had like the, like, red and white checkered. Yeah, it had food glued to it and everything, and I was like, I was kidding. Oh no. Wait, when Um, was that? Like, how old were you when that happened? I think I was in high school at that point. Oh, no! Did you do it anyway? No. Oh, man! I didn't want to be a picnic. (laughs) Um, but, yeah, like, I was- I've been Princess Peach, and she's made me that costume. I am very jealous. My mom could not sew. Yeah. So, I was a witch- Ten years in a row. Well, to be clear, neither can my mom. Well, I, I did not have anyone in my life who could sew. Right. Uh, my Nana could, but she didn't really want to make Halloween costumes. Oh, Callie, my sister, just texted me and said, and then mom tried to convince me to wear your picnic costume. <laughs> well, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sad. All her work went to waste. I think it sat in the garage. Anyway, so as for, like, something that I've always wanted to be, mm-hmm. I feel like everything that I've wanted to be, I have been. Okay. And so I just thought up, like, something that I would want to be now. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of ones that are just kind of, like, people. Like, for example, I made my own Jughead Jones costume. You know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, cosplay. It's basically a cosplay. But I thought if there was something that was, like, really detailed... Yeah. And, like, extravagant... Yeah. Then I would dress up as Yzma from the Emperor's <gasps> New Group. Yeah. That would be amazing. I would like young Yzma you. though. Like I wouldn't wear aging makeup or anything. It would just be like No, it'd be yeah. like like yeah, her dress and then purple skin. Yes. Yeah. So your your boobs wouldn't be at your belly button. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my boobs are my belly button when I take my bra off. TMI. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, that was a Brittany. That was a joke for the record. Um, anyway, my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And um, my dream Halloween costume was always to have a screen-accurate representation of Winifred Sanderson's mm. uh, like outfit from Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. But I never was thin enough or had the ability to have a screen-accurate costume. Of course, now I realize probably I was so, I I could have done it if I'd wanted to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's what I always wanted and never had. Cool. I, you got pretty close that one year at Disney. Yeah, I definitely had the cape, but I didn't have, like, the dress and the heels yeah. and things like that. And, Brittany, you have told me 
previously that you were a witch every year. You were different witches, but you were always a witch. I was always so. a witch. And my choice is still a witch. Yeah. 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 That's extremely valid. Thank you. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator from sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C., I'm a senior writer and a social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. I, no one, like, I don't recall anyone, like, specifically sewing me costumes, mm-hmm. but I always was allowed to be whatever I wanted to be. Yeah. My, like, coolest one from childhood was definitely Pippi Longstocking, mm. which my mom helped out with a lot. I That's had pipe cool. cleaners in my hair. That's really cute. But the costume that I currently want to do the most is uh, Deanna Troy from Star Trek, uh, and I will be doing everything I can to make that happen by August. I believe so. you. Yeah. I believe in you. Thank you. Today we have words to say about episode 202 of Stranger Things. Trick or treat, freak. <laughs> this episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons one, two, and three of Th- Stranger Things. So the title is Trick or Treat Freak. Um, basically, there's a line in the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's Halloween, so mm-hmm. they are going trick or treating. Pretty um, self-explanatory. I, I would you say could so. Say. I would yeah. say so. So um, we have some things from thoughts from listeners. Our friend Isra, who is at Isra Glass on Twitter, she had some thoughts about uh, Callie because, um, you know, she was in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe because I was taking world religions while watching this for the first time, but I think Callie was named after the Hindu goddess of the same name. She's associated with maternal love and violence. This is from my class notes, which felt like the same kind of energy as number eight. 100% I would. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that insight. Um, And also... Uh, Last episode, I said that I was going to rewatch stream, uh, season three. Um, well, did you do it? I watched the first episode because I answered my own question as soon as I finished season or the first episode. Okay. Um, because my main reason for doing that was we were trying to figure out Steve's college plans and what ended up happen- yeah, happening yeah. there. And he talks about it in the first episode. So let me get that. Uh, So he said he is taking a gap year to get some real life experience Mm -hmm. that he couldn't get into tech. So the field or a short form for a school? I think he meant a school. Okay. Yeah. His dad is teaching him a lesson by making him take a job. Mm -hmm. He only makes $3 an hour. Oh. And he feels like he has no future. Oh, okay, so all of this turned out to be really depressing. Yeah, very sad. Cool, 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 cool. So, yeah, um, those were the questions that we were asking last episode about Steve's college plans. Um, turns out, uh, yikes. Freak, I do not miss being that age yeah. and being no. afraid of, like, what am I going to do with my life? Here's the thing. No one ever knows. Mm-mm. And if they do know, they don't know. Mm. You know, they'll it. say that they do, but they're terrified, too. Mm. Cool. So now we are going to go into our notes. Um, The first storyline that we're going to do is just a very, very short storyline that we had where they are at the lab. Yes. Um, So here's the summary for that. Uh, The scientists are sending a man into the upside down. I guess burning it wasn't working. They have some equipment in there making readings. All of their lights went out last up. So the dude is replacing the battery, which works. Doc Owens rewatches his last session with Will to gain more insight. Cool. Really yeah. it. I think this is like a pretty obvious question, but what's frying the battery? Isn't it just the upside down? Don't they like feed off of electricity sort of anyway? Right. Like yeah. Due to like all of the whole light thing last episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, just, is it the upside down? Is it, but like, was that, was that the Demogorgon or was that the upside down? Mm. Oh, I always thought of the upside down as an alive entity in the same way that right. the Demogorgon is alive. So I figured the whole place kind of fuel or not even so much fuel off of it's just like there's so much power there that it messes with like things in our world. Right. Sure. And then uh, Doc Owens, what's with the blue stress ball? He has this blue stress ball 
all season and we get close-ups on it and it's just like he's always playing with this blue stress ball like I, what is that like it's just kind of showing us that he is stressed anxious about what's yeah i think it's just or, a character yeah. trait yeah it's kind of a weird one, but mm. I mean, I think, or it's like maybe something that one of, the, one of the writers is known for too, is having a little blue stress ball. So they gave him that thing too. Yeah. That feels like something that would be like a little Easter egg for them. Sure. I could see it. Cool. That's, that's really all that happened about the lab. Yeah. <laughs> there um, was really nothing there. Yeah. So <laughs> now we're going to talk about the teens. Yay. So I also did the summary for the teens. Here we go. Nancy and Steve do homework in the library. Nancy's pencil breaks, so she goes to sharpen it. She sees someone that looks like Barb and zones out, feeling guilty. Sneep, Sneeve. Steve. <laughs> that should be their ship name. Sneeve. Sneeve. <laughs> Steve snaps her out of it, and privately, she tells him that she feels horrible about the Hollands, and they need to tell them or something. Steve is against that, obviously. They just need to pretend to be normal and go to the Halloween party. They're having a dope time at the party. They're dressed as characters from Risky Business. <laughs> it's really cute. Mm -hmm. Nancy gets drunk because she's messed up about Barb. Steve tries to stop her from drinking too much. Jonathan arrives and flirts with a random girl named Samantha. Oh, Sam, you were there? <laughs> I can't see suddenly. I don't know. That storyline goes nowhere. Nancy tries to drink more and spills all over herself. In the bathroom, she drunkenly admits to Steve that she doesn't love him and their relationship is a ruse. He's obviously super hurt and leaves. Jonathan sees this, finds Nancy, and takes her home himself. So, I hate this storyline. Okay. Okay. So, Sam and I had a debate about this as we were rewatching it, mm -hmm. because I, while I totally, okay, okay, wait, I need to back up for a second. This is one of those storylines where people on Twitter in, like, the stand community would argue, you know, it's either Nancy's right or Steve is right and you must protect Nancy or protect Steve and, like, either one is, like, good and one is bad in this situation. In actuality, no. Like, it's written to be emotionally complicated, right? But I think Nancy in this scene is just completely out of line. Like, mm. by treating Steve the way that she does. But Sam has Oh, some she's definitely thoughts. out of line. Yeah. But I completely see how she gets there and, like, I empathize with her because she's struggling so much and Steve's solution, like, it would work in, like, other circumstances to, like, just blow it off for a night and, like, forget that their lives have been, like, completely turned upside down by this thing. Yeah. And, like, it's a good idea in theory, but mm -hmm. she's struggling so much and she can't freak out about it to anyone but him. And so, like, I get why she does it. I don't approve of what she does. I think she needs therapy. Um, yeah, all these kids really need therapy. But I completely, I empathize with her and I, I no matter what Nancy does so far, I haven't seen season four. Mm -hmm. I always feel like I'm going to be a Nancy apologist, even if I'm fully Team Steve. Mm -hmm. Okay, what I like I like this storyline. Okay, I I I love a love triangle, <laughs> and uh, as soon as it kind of like the love triangle dissipates and Nancy kind of chooses a side, that's when I that's when Nancy and Jonathan lose me. <laughs> yeah, they get. Uh, real boring. <laughs> and then I move over to where wh whatever Steve's doing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I, I think that this episode is a big turning point for a lot of, like, all three of them, really. Yeah. And that's why I like it. I, I also um, see both of your sides. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Nancy's obviously lashing out because of all of the reasons that you yeah. said. But, of course, we all also agree with Steve because literally the stakes are too high. We cannot do anything about it, you know? Like, right. 
I mean, for all they know, their lives would be on the line if they did that. Yeah. Like, if I was in their situation, I completely would want to tell Barb's parents. Oh, for sure. Like, it would drive me up the wall with anxiety, not being able to tell them. Mm-hmm. Like, I would feel so guilty. So I completely understand why Nancy does what she does. It seems to me that her going to see the, ho- like, they've gone to see the Hollands before. Mm-hmm. And this is really, like, the catalyst. Like, the last time they went to see was the catalyst for all of this behavior of yeah. hers, you know? Like, finding out that they're selling their house, really, is like, you know, I'm sure that she grew up going to Barb's house and going on play dates and everything like that house probably like represents Barb a lot and mm-hmm. and if the house goes away then and her parents move away then you know it's like Barb truly and actually is gone completely gone, yeah. gone from the town so I think that's where it started that's why I think that and I mean obviously we this isn't really much of like a debate that's going on right now I think we're all on the same page no we like, totally are it's just I'm interested to hear like yeah. different because like interpretation yeah but like I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, Steve doesn't know how dire this is with Nancy. Like, like, Nancy needs someone to vent to, and he doesn't understand that, like, like the amount she needs to vent, I don't think. Like, he's literally just like, okay, well, I mean, let's talk about it, like, on the weekend or whatever, you know? Because, like, right now we just need to go to this party and just be people. And she's like, that's fine. And then she takes this opportunity to, like, freak out about it. And he doesn't, he's like, he, he's left in, like, the dust because he didn't know that this was coming at all she also gets drunk too which is a very like fine line like she probably started drinking just to have fun and like do what he said and then she kept drinking because it felt good and then she got nasty yeah yeah which is like very easy to do if you keep drinking to feel better Mm -hmm. like nancy is very obviously like a very childish drunk oh Oh, yeah yeah, for Um, sure and yeah I'm just like, it's sad. Mm -hmm. It's just genuinely sad. And, you know, Steve was like, okay, last season. Like, no one really, like, liked him. No one was super, like, cheering for Steve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, obviously this season is supposed to be, like, a turnaround for him. And I think it starts here. And, like, you see him getting left behind and you're like, oh, what the hell? Mm -hmm. But you have to, like, take into account... These are two people who fundamentally can't communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. Like, Steve has a way of coping that he thinks works for Nancy, but doesn't. It just works for him. Yeah. And she has such high anxiety and stress that, like, literally she can't communicate to him on a level he'll understand how stressed she is because Nancy's, like, a fixer. Like, yeah. she needs to fix things. Whereas, like, yeah, Steve... she's not used to being the one who's broken. Exactly. And, like, Steve is kind of, like, more chill and, like, if he'll solve a problem, he will. But he'd probably rather just shove it away. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's good at it. Um, just like shout out to Joe Keery, really, because we all see the flip in Steve. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I will never stop singing the praises of Joe Keery. He's so good. I'm shocked that you would wanna <laughs> stand Joe Keery. That's new for you. I have a lot of feelings. Yeah, I I've picked up on that. He's just so versatile. Yeah, he is. He is very versatile. You know, like, he can do this and it's so believable and he can, like, go and, like, hang out with, like, the kids and be, like, a babysitter, but he's also, like, the cool guy. Yeah. He's so good. He he just, like, skates on these lines and, um, just, like, major shout-outs because I love him. Yeah. He's, he's so good. Mm -hmm. Like, do you guys ever, like, watch Ellen and then, like, you know, somebody will come on? Like, remember that one time when Simone Biles was on Ellen and she was like you have a crush on Zac Efron and she was like yes hello Zac Efron um I'm available oh yeah you know yeah, 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 yeah. Like if I was ever on Ellen I'd be like hi if Joe Keery or Harry Styles are available hello <laughs> okay bye <laughs> that would be 
iconic. Yeah, so good. Also, is Joe Curie's hair back to normal? Because it was like yeah. a bowl cut for a real quick it second. Was only, I was like, sir, this is illegal. It was only weird for that one day. Yeah. I <laughs> set up one night because I had a theory. That Steve- <laughs> That I told- That's not that happened in Steve 4. No, season no, four. no, I told- I set up- <laughs> Brittany and I were just laying here going to sleep. And I looked, I rolled over in the middle of the night and I go, do you think that Joe Curie actually got his hair cut that, that really bad mm -hmm. way that one time and, and he wore wigs until it grew back out to be normal? And we'll never know, you know? Probably not. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I truly was in mourning for like a week after that. I know! I was like, sir, don't you understand? Like in season three, at the beginning of season three, Steve has to wear a hat at Scoops Ahoy and he says, the reason why I'm not picking up women is because my f best feature is being disguised. And I'm like, so Joe Keery didn't learn anything from that and mm -hmm. cut his hair into a bowl cut. I don't know if he cut it. From what I saw, it was just his stylist, like, messing with, like, his look a little. So, like, I think they were just like, oh, this'll, this'll be something different. Like, this might get some attention. And instead, it got way too much attention. Okay, so now I'm gonna go into my notes. Nancy's really messed up by this lady who looks, like, a little bit like Barb from the back. And I just wanted to say, Nancy, people can look like other people. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But it it's understandable why it's triggering mm -hmm. for her. Like you said, Sam, I would also feel bad and horrible about this. Right. Um, Steve says that they can't do anything about it, but Jonathan is willing to help her find a way to fix it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what draws Nancy to Jonathan rather than Steve. Not even necessarily because she knows, like, at this point when she accidentally breaks up with Steve. She doesn't know that Jonathan would be willing to help. Like, I don't think uh, their breakup is not about Jonathan, which is something no. that I like, which is something that I like about about it is that yeah. it's not about Jonathan. It's about them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just think that the reason why Nancy goes to Jonathan this whole season is because Jonathan's willing to help her find a solution for this thing that's plaguing her. Agreed. Is this relationship healthy? Nancy and Jonathan? Nancy and Steve. I don't think it's I think un healthy. I think it could be healthy. Mm. I think Nancy is struggling too much right now for mm -hmm. it to work. I think it was okay before this. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I think they actually had quite a healthy and good relationship. They just... I still think she would be better with Steve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Nancy was repressing a lot of things that she's allowed to indulge in with Jonathan, and whether or not that's a good thing, I think, remains to be seen. I I still think she would be better with Steve, and I think that if she got um, therapy, hmm. she would be great with Steve, and um, Jonathan deserves nothing. Wow. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Don't like it. I've tried really hard to like Jonathan, and I do like Jonathan at times. Yeah. But most of the time, I just struggle. Yeah. I don't remember the exact, like, episode cutoffs during this season, but, like, I think that, like, episodes one to three of this season, Jonathan's, like, at his best. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Jonathan's at his best when he's dealing with Will. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, when, when he's it's about Will. big brother, mm -hmm. when he's, like, part of the family. But the minute they get into romance plot lines with either... He he or Nancy. I'm just, I get bored. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of the, the romances in this show, like, I know a lot of people really like them. I don't even know if this show ever needed them. Right. Like, especially with the kids, like Mike and Eleven and stuff. Yeah. Just, mm -hmm. After a while, I just kind of get tired of it. I mean, it makes sense in season three more because, like, yeah. they're getting older. Yeah. But, yeah. I kind of wish they had waited until season three to do it all because then it would have right. been, like, more exciting. Yeah. Just go full tilt with Jopper. Yeah. And cool it on the kids. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so Steve says that the government could put them in jail for telling. Does that mean that they signed, like, an NDA, like a contract or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. And probably, like, yeah. Yeah. He said that they could also destroy their families. 
so they're not just being selfish. Like, it's not just they could destroy us. They could also destroy the people around us. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, I was so on board with him, like, being like, okay, we need to keep this quiet. It's like, the stakes are so much bigger than them. Um, Even though Steve has a bad family life. Yeah. So he's yeah. really just kind of looking out for Nancy at this point. Well, and that's why I think, like, Steve actually is better for Nancy. Because, like, Steve has become who he is and is evolving as a person despite like his family life whereas like I think Jonathan often allows like his own teenage angst to overcome him. Mm-hmm. So this season takes place in 1984 right? Mm-hmm. Last season was 1983 right? Yeah. If I remember correctly. They talk about how they've been working on their costumes for a while. Um, Risky Business came out in 1983. Mm-hmm. So probably like it probably happened before. Never mind it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. When when during the year Risky Business came out. Okay. <laughs> and then just something from IMDb. Steve and Nancy are dressed up as Tom Cruise and Rebecca DeMornay from Risky Business. Yes. Um, so Billy is also here at the party. Um, Tommy H is the karate kid. And there was a... Gosh, I wish I could remember now. I know that we talked about it in the season one podcasts, though, that at one point, like, Tommy H and the Karate Kid, like, I think he said something about the Karate Kid, and then they were, like, bringing that one line back so that he could, so that now he's being the Karate Kid for, um, Halloween. Right. God, Billy, his ego and his, like, performance issues he's so weird he's such a creep he like does a keg stand because steve's like the keg king or whatever right so he's like oh i gotta one-up this guy so he one-ups him steve's not even there so he specifically goes to steve to tell him that he's better than him this is insecure behavior oh Mm -hmm. he is so insecure and he puts up such a front and the front is asshole yeah. He just, yep. he has, hello, I am asshole. And I'm like, this is why people hate you. This yep. is insecure behavior disguising itself as confidence. This is toxic masculinity. This mm-hmm. is what toxic masculinity is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The moment where Billy comes up to Steve and then Steve takes off his sunglasses. I watched it five times. <laughs> it's just the best. Okay. Y'all need to watch it again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like uh, was that that big a moment? I'm like, okay. Nancy walks away after it happens, but it's literally like, Come up to me as if you're Billy or you're getting all up in my face. And he goes like this. <laughs> like this, Brittany. Are you ready? Are you ready? He goes like this. He literally just goes like this and then just makes eye contact. And then in the background, there's explosions. And then, um... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yes! <laughs> and he takes it off, makes direct eye contact. He's like, I'm still a cool guy. And I'm like, yes, do it again. Play it again and again and again and again. It's great stuff. Thank you. <laughs> um, Pure fuel. Pure fuel. Um, This comes back... In uh, the final episode of the season when they're at the snowball mm-hmm. and one of the kids says, what's in this? And Nancy says, pure fuel. Pure fuel, that's right. It's really And cute. it's like, haha. But also if I was that kid, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm 12. You'd be like, thanks, do I'm I, nine. Do I need pure fuel? Okay. I mean, that kid though is probably like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nancy, heavily drinking isn't the right way to cope. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, tea. But I feel like it is very teenager to be like, hey, maybe this will help. Mm. Oh, it's like you don't really have a lot of experience with that. Mm -hmm. So Steve tries to help. I truly, I I know why she's upset, but she should not be mad at him right now. No. In my opinion. He's not doing anything wrong. Agreed. He's just kind of just being like, hey, what if you stopped drinking because this is getting scary? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing a lot and you don't need to. It's very 10 things I hate about you. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. I also, I have thoughts on uh, Max relating to 10 things I hate about you also later. Okay, so, okay. So. 
Cool. So Jonathan shows up after letting Will go to the, like, go trick-or-treating with his friends. Yes. Which we will talk about when we get over there. And he's going to the party. He doesn't have a costume, so he's going as a guy who hates parties, which is not a costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, we have, that attitude. We have this <laughs> lovely character named Samantha. Oh, Sam, your God. thoughts? No. <laughs> you don't want to be named after her? Yeah, no. I don't, I don't like it. I love Samantha. Yeah? Yeah. She literally is only in this one scene in this one episode, but we stand. Okay. She's wearing she's wearing this costume that's like not conventionally beautiful. Okay. Not conventionally attractive. She just like likes the thing, so she shows up. She sees Jonathan immediately shoots her shot wearing that. You know what? what? She dressed as? You're right. I, can, I respect her. I can tell you actually. <clears throat> Although she doesn't correct him in the scene, the goth girl whose costume Jonathan guesses is supposed to be a member of Kiss at Tina's stupid party is actually dressed as Susie Sue, front woman of Susie and the Banshees. That nice. is so cool. Okay, I stand harder than yeah. I've ever before. Okay, yeah. We've decided to stand. Yeah. I just, I zone out when it's just Jonathan. Yeah. So do I. So I was just like, huh? Apologies but, to Jonathan stands. I know they're out there. Yeah. I, I'm sorry that this podcast isn't for you because normally we try to be like really unbiased. Mm-hmm. It's just that Jonathan greets on our nerves so much. Yeah. Uh, as Jonathan's advocate, um, I'm here that- for you. <laughs> Are you the Jonathan's advocate? I was last episode. All right. I'm out here talking about how great Samantha is. Does Samantha- that count? Samantha no. is great. I think it should. Okay. I think so- you legally have the name revoked if you're not great. What? Samantha. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. So yeah, Samantha's like, hi, how are you? Talking to him, asking him questions. And he's like looking around, he finds Nancy and he realizes that he's totally being like a jerk and he should probably be talking to this girl who's literally talking to him. So he's talking to her and he says, Kiss? Because he thinks that she's dressed as someone from Kiss. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, um, the band? And she laughs because, um, they're flirting or whatever. It's cute! But sir, you are embarrassing. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> he's embarrassing in an endearing way, Yeah. Though. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. For him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I love Samantha. She's never gonna come back, but I love her. Good. Um, Nancy's drunk and wearing white! Oof. Oh, no! A dangerous game. That's never a good idea. I don't even wear white in my regular life. I don't, I don't, I've never been drunk. <laughs> I don't get drunk. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't wear white anyway. Yeah. White is just such a dangerous, like, dangerous not, color yeah. to wear at a party. I'm not looking to tempt fate. Mm-hmm. But it is part of her costume. So. Yeah, true. So she goes into the bathroom and starts ruining Tina's towels. Oh, poor Tina and her towels. Ugh, so rude. Um, Steve just wants to take her home. Has he also been drinking? I don't think so. Not much. I'm pretty sure he had, like, a cup, but he's definitely not doing keg stands like frickin' Billy. He's supposed to be the keg king, and he's not even out there, because he has a girlfriend and he's hanging out with his girlfriend. And I feel like he doesn't- Steve doesn't feel the need to prove himself anymore. Yeah. Like, he doesn't feel the need to be popular, he doesn't feel the need to impress people, he's just like, I'm just here with the one person on this earth that I like. I think he also probably- probably had, like, a drink or two when they first got there to, like- Mm chill out yeah and then he realized how far nancy was going and stopped and he's like i have to be sober enough to take care of her i i like that point Brittany, that you were saying that he doesn't feel like he needs to to prove himself but the rest of the season as soon as he gets dumped even accidentally like like in it's like the most harsh way to be dumped because it's like you're getting her actual feelings and it's like not at all kind Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you're getting her actual feelings, and she's telling you the things that you probably deep down fear the most. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just, it is the most soul-crushing way for anyone to talk to you. He literally gets told that he's a fraud, and that his relationship is a fraud, and that the girl he thought that was one of the only people who likes him because he doesn't have that many friends. Tommy and Carol aren't his friends anymore. His family doesn't like him. He has bad family life. He Like, Nancy is one of the only people he has. She tells him that he's bullshit. 
Yep. And and he slowly until like hanging out with Dustin, which is actually only really like two days out of like what actually happens here. Yeah. Like until then, like his his self esteem starts to spiral. Like literally yep. he was he's playing basketball with Billy and then and then Billy like finds a way to get him to like fall down and you know, Billy's trying to be the king because apparently Steve's supposed to be the king and and but Steve doesn't feel like the king because no. because he feels like garbage the whole time. Mm-hmm. And someone please protect my friend Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So she says that he's fake and that their relationship is fake. And she's like, "And you're acting like we didn't kill Barb, girl. You no, didn't you kill did Barb. No. What? That's very like she fully did not kill Barb. But no. that's very telling of her like mental state. Mm-hmm. Is that she is so close to this? She fully thinks that. She killed Barb at this point. Yeah. Like, Nancy was the one who asked Barb to come. She was the one who asked Barb to leave. So she feels responsible. Steve is... It was at his house, at his pool. Yeah. You know? But it wasn't his fault that Barb, like, cut her hand. You know what I mean? Like, if if it was somebody's fault... It's the Devil Morgan's fault. It's very... that's it. It's very unhealthy for Nancy because she's, like, suddenly associated having sex with Steve with her friend dying. Right. So, like, it's very hard for her... To be in a relationship with him. Right. So she also admits that she doesn't love him in a roundabout way. Oh, so um, sad. And Steve's out here trying not to cry. See, this is where I'm like, when you're drunk, you're drunk. But you know when you're saying things like that. I can tell. Like, yeah, she knew that she was about to emotionally destroy that man. She knew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at any point, she could have, like, stopped. Exactly. I've never been drunk. I don't know how how bad your, like, self-control gets. I don't know. But, like, at some point, once you see, like, the hurt on somebody's face, like, you should stop. It. Just because it, it loosens your inhibitions, but it doesn't, like, literally make you a, a mindless robot who can, like, destroy people. Yeah, but, I mean, she's not gonna, like, she's too drunk to register his actual, like, That's a good feelings. Point. I just think even at my drunkest, I was still 100% aware of what I was saying. Like, I knew if I was saying something, it would be hurtful or something. Yeah, I mean, she, I'm sure she does know that, but, like, she's so drunk she doesn't care. And- that's like the scary part. Yeah. It's like, gotcha. she should care. Yeah. So Steve leaves the party because he doesn't want people to see him upset. Um, especially not freaking Billy, who would then make fun of him for it. He probably would. But he just leaves Nancy at the party because like, it's just like, it's for him. Like he has to go. Yeah. Because it's not like healthy for him to be there anymore. Yeah. So he leaves. Plus like, what loyalty would he feel to her at that point? Yeah. And so Jonathan takes Nancy home. Hashtag good guy Jonathan. I mean, I just wonder if Jonathan hadn't come to the party and had been trick-or-treating with Will, who would have taken care of Nancy? No one. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Steve's responsibility at that point. Yeah. So like, I don't know. So Jonathan takes her home and he tucks her in. Uh, my note is tucks her in the nights. <laughs> it's Oh, nights. Nights. It was really nice of him to do that. Yeah, but Jonathan, you should push her onto her side. Everyone knows that. Ooh, oh, good, good point. <laughs> she, he's gonna be like, "You're welcome, Nancy. I took you home." And the next day, they're gonna be like, "Nancy choked on her own vomit and died." <laughs> Thanks, bud. Oh, that literally happened right. in Breaking Bad. That mess. Oh up. my god, that was horrible to watch yeah. in Breaking Bad. Ooh, that was one of the moments where I like. I don't know if this show is for me. Mm. What about Karen and Ted? Like, are they? Home? Did he sneak? That's what I was wondering also. I was like, why did Karen let Jonathan... Why isn't Karen tucking Nancy into bed? Question mark. Like, I get that for the story, it's, like, 
softer to have Jonathan like take care of her and take our shoes yeah. off and blah blah blah. But I'm like, no, Jonathan would have walked her in and then Karen would have taken her up the stairs. Well, did Karen know that she was out and getting like shitty drunk? I Probably, but yeah, it's Halloween. But like, how else would like how how else does he get her up the did, stairs? If she didn't yeah. know, how does he get all the way to her bedroom? Yeah, without her parents noticing. That's her point. being drunk completely. Cool. So that's what I have for the teens. Yay! Cool. Um. So now I'm going to do my uh middle of the podcast segment. Include it's t- it's entitled uh actually. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. This is great. Um. And what I do in uh actually is that I go on IMDb in the goof section and (laughs) I see what (laughs) crazy people who are, like, obsessed with the 80s (laughs) tried to find um, goofs that they messed up in the episode. And they're usually really, really detailed and really unnecessary. And really petty and annoying. Yeah. Um, There weren't actually very many this episode, so good job, Duffer Bros. You didn't mess up. (laughs) (laughs) So um, these are my... um, that I stole from IMDb. Uh, actually, the digital watch Dustin wears is a Casio F91W. While 80s in style, these were only produced from 1991 and are still available today. That is so annoying. They even had the model of watch. That's insane. These people are so annoying. Uh, actually, a 1993 version of Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett can be heard playing while the party goes trick-or-treating. It hasn't been out in 1984. <laughs> Like, Monster Mash has been out, but not this version of Monster Mash. Oh my god. Why do you care? <laughs> and then lastly, uh, actually, when Mike calls Eleven after going trick-or-treating, he says it's day 353. The next day when Eleven is talking to Hopper, she says, you now say soon on day 326. This mistake is also shown in chapter 8 when Mike and Eleven reunite. They mention how long he's been calling her, and they say... 353 days, even though this is long after Halloween. That one's kind of fair. That one's fair. That's a timeline goof, and that one I will absolutely validate. Yeah, sure. That's it. That's what I had for, uh, actually, this, uh, this episode. I'm very proud of them. Good game, good game. Um, so now we are going to do the kids' storyline. Kids, 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 kids. That's me! Yay! Okay, it's Halloween, and like the cool kids that they are, the boys are all dressed up as Ghostbusters. We have no choice but to stand. Tag yourself, I'm Karen. Mike is a little brat who thinks he's got to be in charge of everything, so he gets mad at Lucas for also being Vinkman. Lucas doesn't have to be Winston just because he's black, Mike. While they're arguing, Dustin realizes that no one else is dressed up. They have to endure the rest of the day as the only kids who like to have any fun. Mm. Lucas and Dustin debate talking to Max, and they, they look like total dorks, but she probably likes Ghostbusters, right? They decide to go for it, but chicken out before she walks away. They'll ask after class. After class, they finally talk to her, and she... T- calls them out on being stalkers. They flounder about it and make semi a semi-decent first impression. She fully does like Ghostbusters clocking their proton packs. They invite her to come trick-or-treating with them and she rolls her eyes, but she's totally down. Uh, Billy's mad that Max is late and he says if it happens again, she's skating home. He drives them home like an asshole and engages in some fresh verbal abuse. Neato. Then he very nearly kills her new friends. What a cool dude. He doesn't deserve the music they play over his scenes. Mm-hmm. Bob and Joyce prepare for a spooky night in while Jonathan takes Will trick-or-treating. Will is glad Bob doesn't treat him differently and he feels weird having to have a chaperone while none of his friends do. Jonathan lets him go with his friends telling without telling Joyce maybe he deserves one right as a brother. The boys go trick-or-treating and get mistaken for exterminators and then they debate what is the best candy bar. For the record, it's Twix. Max Twix. crashes their party and is... It's totally delightful. Mike's definitely not going to have a problem with that. They go with her to Loch the rich neighborhood, to get more full-size candy bars. Mike is really bitter about it. 
Will gets bullied by, like, grown teenagers and has and flashes into the Upside Down. He's still having visions. Can't a guy just go trick-or-treating in peace? Will hides from the Mind Flayer until Mike finds him and brings him back to reality. Everyone wants to help, but Mike tells them he's got it. Maybe be less rude. <laughs> Will feels stuck, and he's trying to explain how he feels to Mike. He feels trapped between the real world and the Upside Down, and Will has... A gone through a lot of serious trauma and it's still plaguing him. Anyway, Mike misses a girl and he can totally relate. Their tr struggles are very much the same. <laughs> Dustin comes home and hears something in his garbage. Spoiler alert, it's not Muse. So, it's um, <laughs> one of the important um, points that I wanted to make about this storyline, mm -hmm. um, before we get into the nitty gritty here, uh -huh. is that, um, these teenagers make fun of Will, they're bullying Will, um, and calling him, like, a loser and zombie boy and all this thing, but, like, who's the real loser? Because you guys aren't even at Tina's party. Right. Well, like, that's the thing that always cracks me up about, like, kids who taunt other kids out in public. I'm like, like, do you know what a huge loser you look like bullying other kids? Is totally. you're, like, you're, like, pointing and laughing at someone, I'm like, that's so sad for you. Like, you're just a jerk. Get a hobby. Literally, please, for the love of God, do anything else with your life. Yeah. And, um, like, it would be one thing if it was people his own age. Yeah. It's, like, people Stephen, Nancy, and Jonathan's age. Fully. It's, like, I just wonder, because I think last episode we talked about if the people who put the zombie boy thing in his locker, if those were these kids who call him zombie boy, or if that was just, like, a thing that he's being called around the school. I think it's a thing he's being called around the school. Or yeah. around the town, because those kids wouldn't go to their school, potentially, because they look like high schoolers and they're in mm -hmm. middle school. Yeah. 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 Joyce can't find Will, but he's just peeing. <laughs> like, it's so wholesome, mm -hmm. but at the same time, just let the kid pee. Yeah. You know? It was funny. Well, yeah, you watch it and you're like, you feel bad for everybody. And because she's just like, where is he? And Will's just like, I'm just trying to have a normal life. I'm just trying to urinate. Mm -hmm. It's a decent callback to like season one where yeah. she woke up and he was there, not there. And yeah. It started this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So then they have Ghostbuster costumes and this montage is delightful. It's so cute. Will really is a very good artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, way better than me. Yeah, he's really, he's really talented. Mm -hmm. We can talk about the difference between the boys getting their photos taken, mm -hmm. especially Mike. Ugh, yeah. God, such a brat. Everybody else seems, like, pretty okay with taking their pictures. Like, Lucas is having a good time, even though he's being, like, harassed by his younger sister. Yeah. Um, but Dustin is happy to take pictures, Will is happy to take pictures, and Mike, what are your guys' thoughts on Mike? I think everyone else is having a great time, and they're, like, cute, and like you would expect. And Mike is just mean. He's just mean all the time now. He has no reason to do to exactly. be like that. Like, are you not excited to dress up and hang out with your friends today? I think there's a lot of ingrained stuff in Mike that there's a way that he thinks you're supposed to traditionally be a teenager. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to follow in those footsteps. And he's also, like, pretty surly because, like, he, they're doing all this stuff, but they're doing it without Eleven, and he's really hung up on Eleven, which just breeds a lot of resentment and anger, so it all comes out as, like, this. And it's like, it's yeah. been a year, bro. But, like, there's no timetable for getting over someone, especially, like, when that's, like, you literally met a magic girl. Okay, yeah. Right. But it's also, like, do you ever get tired of being so insufferable? Yeah. Um, I was insufferable as a teenager, and I can tell you, yes, it is exhausting. <laughs> like, I truly mean it, though. Mm -hmm. Like, there were times when I would catch myself being mean or grumpy, and I'd be like, why? Stop it. Well, like, yeah, because yeah. we learned last episode that Mike has been having behavioral issues. Yeah, and, like, you know you're doing it. It's just the way, like... It's a, it, it's a matter of managing your attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first time we meet Erica. An icon, a legend, a star. We love her. We stand. And of course, everybody loved Erica 
this season, and so she got a bigger role next season. So, Rightfully so. Hey, it's what she deserves. So they get to school, and there are two Vankmans, and Mike makes it a race thing because Mike is weird. It was just so awkward. Like, he he's so hung up on being the one in charge of their group mm-hmm. that it it turns him into a jerk, This especially this episode. Yeah. Like, he has to be the Vinkman because he's in charge of the group, and nothing goes through with the party without going through him first. And it's like, no, you guys can be whoever you want to be, and you're not better than your friends just because you're bossy. Have four Vankmans, who cares? Yeah. But it also makes perfect sense because that's his way of exerting control over the world. Like, he can't control anything. He couldn't control Eleven leaving. He can't control being a teenager and stuff, so he has to, like, assert himself as, like, the one in charge of their friend group. Okay. I like that all of their jumpsuits are a little different because they bought them separately. It's so cute. Or their moms were working on them. Yeah. We saw Joyce sewing wills. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, hello? You all should have really harmonized that? Yeah. They are all, like, a very, like, like, um, the details are off on all of them, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So cute. Good, uh, good, smart details from the costume department. So no one else is wearing costume. This was in the trailer. And I loved this part of the trailer, I remember, because you watch it and you think that it's this huge deal because Dustin's going, like, turning around, um, dramatically and he goes, guys... Or whatever. And then it turned out that it was just because <laughs> nobody else is wearing costumes. It was yeah. incredible. I remember yeah. that. I love trailer moments because they're always so misleading. Mm-hmm. However, I do find it hard to believe that literally no one else wore costumes. Yeah, same. Yeah. We were wearing costumes all the way through high school. Yeah, it was me just too. fun. Mm-hmm. And even if not everybody was, like some people were. Yeah. yeah. At the very least, like, there were some people dressed up. Hmm. So, we have Max. Are you allowed to skateboard in the halls? Uh, definitely not. If yeah. you don't get caught. Yeah, that's true. That's oh, true. I like that. <laughs> they talk about how everybody likes the Ghostbusters, and they're gonna go ask her to hang out with them, but then they just, like, you know, don't. They just kind of <laughs> blow it, but that's okay. Sometimes you panic and the bell rings, and then you decide to ask her later. It's scary to talk to pretty girls. I just, Can't like, confirm. I love... <laughs> I love Gaten in particular like everybody everybody in the party is like a great actor obviously yes. oh, that's yeah. why they're here but Gaten has this comedic timing yeah that's yeah. just so amazing he's just he's above and beyond in terms of the other ones are great at being kids but he's great at being a kid yeah, yeah. you know yeah like you buy him as the little nerd who is so like invested in this like I don't know each of them brings something totally different but he just there's something special about him. Yeah. It's probably why they chose him for the Fios commercials. <laughs> oh my god. Every time I see those, I'm like, hey, I know that kid. <laughs> so they go and talk to Max. She sees them as weirdo stalkers. And I think it's pretty dope that she's willing to say it to their faces. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We respect a queen who, like, doesn't play around. Mm-hmm. I also noticed that the music in this scene is really innocent. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really cute. They talk about how the school is scary and, you know, she's scared of bullies Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's just put words into her mouth and just tell her that she's afraid of bullies. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, in- that was interesting. Mm-hmm. However, Max has seen some stuff though. Max has seen too a much. lot, so like she'd probably be okay. Yeah. Well, she her the biggest bully in school takes her home. So yeah. like exactly. So true. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, hey, you're scared of bullies, and she and he totally expects her to just be like, uh huh. 
Sure. Yes, I am. Because he, like, practiced that speech, probably. (laughs) Um, So he says, so you're invited. You can hang out with us. And she says that that's very presumptuous of you. And Dustin uh, doesn't know what that means. He sure doesn't. He assumes that uh, it's good. Mm -hmm. Bless his dumb little heart. It's implied that Lucas does know what presumptuous means. Which is the funniest part, in my opinion. But I don't know if he does. I think he probably does, but he's just like... Whatever. I think he can tell. I think he can tell that it's negative. Right. Just by like context clues and the way she says it. Yeah. But I don't know if he totally knows exactly what it means. That's fair. If you look at his face when she says it, there's like no comprehension there. (laughs) You're like, oh, okay. No thoughts, head empty. So Max goes to see Billy and she's late. And so, of course, he's mean to her because she's late. And it turns out, I mean, she talks, says that she had to like get catch up homework, but it's actually because Dustin and Lucas were talking to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she protects them immediately, and the fact that she knows she has to protect them? Mm-hmm. Her brother mm-hmm. is abusive! Hi, sad. It's like, and then he ends up, like, almost getting revenge on them anyway, because he almost, like, full-on runs He literally, like, yeah. like, threatens to kill them. He's such a- f- Ugh, I hate him. Like, there's Billy apologists out there, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but that, is, that ain't me. Yeah. Like, and no respect to the Billy community. God, he's just awful. Like, he literally is threatening- children it's also interesting if you like look at the timeline because they drive for like oh like quite a bit before they come up on the boys riding their bikes mm-hmm. and like if they left at the same time like they must have been riding their bikes pretty heckin quick to catch up to the car yeah but they probably know a whole bunch of shortcuts too that's on their bikes. true that's true oh my next note is just billy sucks I know, I know people like Billy, but um, I don't and I never will. Yeah, yeah no He's thank abusive you. and horrible and I'm not interested. It's a no from me. Billy says that he hates it here, but Max doesn't mind it. Um, so my next question was like, why did they move here? I went on the Stranger Things Wikia and it just says they decided to move here. Oh, what I does thought that, mean? that- I thought that- that um, Billy's dad got a job. Yeah, and then it's like, they talk about how, like, Max tried to run away when they learned that, when she learned that they were moving or something. Yeah. But, like, that's really all it said. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I think that's true, Sam, but I don't, I don't remember exactly what's said, and it isn't on the wiki, so I'm, right. I'm not sure. Um, Billy calls the high school girls cows. I think that the- He does what? Yeah, I think that the, um, I think the writing here is actually really good, because- like, it's, it's clever, mm-hmm. but obviously horrible. Yeah. Like, um... It's he clever says, He says, I can smell cow poop. And then, um, Max says, there aren't any cows here. Mm-hmm. And then Billy says, then you haven't seen the high school girls. Oh, he's... Ugh. He sucks. So, like, it's clever. Like, he really came up with that real quick. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's not great. But it's, like, still a horrible thing to say. Yeah. So he says that they are stuck here because of Max. But she says that it's Billy's fault. You know, she like talks under her breath and says it's your fault. Mm-hmm. So why do they blame each other for something that for a decision their parents made? But I literally don't know why. Because like I understand if it's like because Max ran away, like she ran away because they had made the decision. But like I, I yeah, I don't really know why they blame each other. Like I don't think that's. I don't think that's explained. But yeah. if anyone remembers, like, please let me know. Yeah. Um. So he tries to hit the boys while they're riding on their bike, um, but not Will because he's not allowed to ride his bike anymore. Oh, buddy. I mean, bless up. Why would the boys keep riding their bikes on the road instead of moving off to the side? They just keep, they just like start, oh, yeah. they, they just start just pedaling, going. they start pedaling faster. Yeah. And I'm like, like, I'm like, guys, I think you just need to get out of the way. <laughs> like, okay. It's so funny to me. It's so funny. It's just like, and it also, I think it's for us to like build suspense and Mm -hmm. 
so that Billy gets as close as possible without yeah, um, actually hurting them. Yeah. But it's just my my immediate thought would be head for the ditch. Because I've ridden my bike on enough country roads to know when you hear a car, you get in the ditch. Right. So when the car passes them, they know that it's her. Like, they know it was Mad Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do they think that that was her fault? Like, is this why she decides to hang out with them that evening? It could be. It totally could be that they to think, prove, like, to prove she's to them. bullying them. I to think p- she wanted to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, to prove to them that she's not her brother. Yeah, probably. Stepbrother. Like, I think she wanted to go in the first place, yeah. but it probably uh, doesn't help that she's, like, thinking that now she's got to make up for Billy being a dick. Right. Um. So the lady who opens the door on them, mm-hmm. she calls them exterminators, and I just wanted to say that Noah's face in that moment is the best so acting on good. the show. So good. Noah's face anytime is <laughs> yeah. the best acting on the show. It's just so weird to, like, watch Noah on Stranger Things and be like, this guy is so talented. He's got it. He's he's so versatile. He gets it. He he's like he's just so good. Yeah. And then I go on TikTok where I'm following <laughs> him, and I'm like, I cannot believe that this is the same boy. Right? Because he's this pretty, boy he's makes clever. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> Some, yeah. Sometimes he's clever. My my mistake. Dustin likes Three Musketeers, which is obviously foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, Max goes as Michael Myers, and this seems right for her. Um, originally, I had written Mike Myers, then I went to yeah. check and realized that's uh, that's Shrek, so that's <laughs> not not quite the same. Um, they're all acting like Billy didn't almost kill them. Right. Um, yeah, he, like, like, these kids are so used to being bullied that that doesn't register on their right. radar. Okay, so, time for a big conversation. What's Mike's damage? I mean, I think we went over that He's already. He's just bitter because, well, he doesn't want Max there. Because the only girl ever allowed in their party was Eleven, mm-hmm. and she's not there, so if she can't be there, no one else can be there. Yep. Like, Max isn't even out here trying to be in the party. Right. No, she just wants to have friends. Yeah. If he's sad and his other friends are not sad with him, he's going to be mean until they're also sad. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he's like, oh, Will, like, did you agree to this? And Will's like, um, I didn't think it was a big deal, you know. And last episode, they said that they wanted permission to ask Max. Like, they wanted to ask Mike if it was okay. Yeah. Last episode. But then they didn't have the opportunity to ask him. Because he was, like, on the radio with Eleven rather than on, like, the channel they're supposed to be on. Mm -hmm. So what stopped them from asking Mike today? Did they just think, like, oh, he's gonna say no? Yeah, I think, like, just fear. Yeah. So Mike says that she's totally ruining the night. Um, and I think maybe Mike, you're just a jerk. Mike is projecting a lot. And, like, it's, it's kind of sad because if, if he was able to communicate in a healthy way, this wouldn't be a problem for Mm -hmm. him. But it's pretty clear that even though he has a good mom, he doesn't have a very good father figure. Yeah. And also, like, he's this teenage boy who, like, you know, doesn't have a lot of good role models. And, like, even in his core, he's kind of just a bossy kid. Yeah. So if he can't control the party, then he can't control anything. Right. So the people who are in it, he has to also have say in. Mm-hmm. So everybody goes ahead and bullies push Will down. Then Will goes into the upside down. He's calling for Mike. We start hearing the demodog sounds. Yep. Mike saves him. Was Will yelling in the real world? I think so. Yeah. 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 Like if you were just there, you would hear him calling Mike? Yeah. Yeah, because I think Mike like, probably I think, heard it. Yeah. I also think like his body doesn't like disappear from right. the real world. Right. His mind just goes somewhere else. Exactly. Right. Like, it's different from season one, wherein his full-on body went into the... Right. 
into the thing. It's, like, not as bad. He's just flickering in and out right now. Exactly. Yeah. So Mike's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm ready to leave anyway, so me and Will are just gonna go. Will talks about how he's stuck in between the two worlds. He doesn't know if it's real or not, but it is a secret. He doesn't want anyone else to know. Yeah. Which I- Mike and Will are the best when they're together. Totally. Like, oh, yeah. When Mike is with Will, he lets that sort of bossy guard drop because he has someone to take care of. I think Mike just needs to take care of people. Right. And if he, and like, oh my god, that's totally it. Mm-hmm. That's why he doesn't like Max. Max can take care of herself. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I don't think Mike was ever... Like, he was the dungeon master, but that doesn't mean that he was, like, the leader of the group no. until, like, Eleven showed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So he says, oh, Eleven would understand. But guess what? This conversation is not about her. It's, it's not. And Will's like, okay, cool. Because Will didn't actually get to meet her. Yeah. Right. It must be hard for Will to constantly be hearing about these stories about someone that, like, would seem mythical to Mm -hmm. you. I think that's a part that, like, plays an important role in season three, where, like, the rest of them got to have this, like, big adventure. And he was just suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it hard for him to like fit into like where they all exist then because he missed so much and Mike doesn't really like do a good job of like relating to that. Yeah Mike knows how to take care of Will but none of them really understand that like Will's been through trauma that means that he's not really one of them anymore. Right. And he wants to be one of them. Mm -hmm. Well like it also probably feels like it's like a huge FOMO that he has because he's like everybody's talking about how great this girl is and I never got to meet her. Exactly. So they talk about how they both feel crazy and then lastly the thing inside of Dustin's garbage can has grown and Dustin is 100% that kid who collects a gross slug and brings it to school the next day. Upsettingly accurate. Yeah. Like he literally does that. Yeah he uh literally did do that. Yeah, you are right. Uh, yeah. That's it. Hey, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Yeah, Patreon is a service you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Tell me more. Well, like, for example, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theafficionados, and for the low, low price of a dollar a month, you can get early access to our podcast by, like, at least a day. Wow. Yeah. Is there anything else I can get? Mm, My undying devotion? Oh, cool. Also, we send out postcards once a year to every single one of our patrons because you guys keep us in business, basically. Mm. Um, and we have five podcasts now, and those cost roughly $150 to $200 a stream, I would say. So, help. Yeah, please, oh God. Please, um, oh God, we need help. And, and what if I can't donate? I want to help you, but I can't donate. Listen, that is okay. Everyone's financial situations are different. So the next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Cool. Cool. Now it's time to talk about Dropper and Eleven. Okay. All right, so Dropper and Eleven. So part of this is flashback and part of it isn't. You're just gonna have to keep up. Eleven runs through the upside down screaming for Mike. She sees a portal in the wall and looks through. It's the scientist in the real world. She uses her powers to rip the opening wider and like is birthed back into the real world. She sees the feds telling Mike she's a bad person so she runs and hides in the woods. In the present it's Halloween and Eleven wants to go trick-or-treating. Hopper is not into that idea. He promises to come home early and bring her candy so that they can hang out and get fat, though. Joyce goes helicopter mama and Will in his Ghostbusters costume. She finds a drawing of the Mind Flayer. He lies and says that he is not having dreams about it, so, like, shut up about it, Ma. (laughs) Joyce takes the drawing to Hopper anyway. He thinks that Mike actually just has PTSD and nothing is really going on, which I think he might be right about. I think we will. Oops. Oh my god, why did I type Mike? Joyce takes the drawing to Hopper. He thinks that Will really does have PTSD and that that's going on and there's nothing really suspicious happening, which I think he might be wrong about. They share a cigarette and reminisce about how they used to sneak them in high school because, um, they are endgame. Eleven sees a squirrel and has a flashback to the time that she ate a squirrel. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically. That's literally what happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> she robs a random hunter for his stuff. In the present, Hopper deals with more pumpkin. This is why did I type the sentence? In the present, Hopper deals with more pumpkin patch poisonings. <laughs> you can keep all of that in. <laughs> Everyone's crops are dead. He and his boys, with an eye, track down how far the rot goes. Bob and Joyce dance in the living room. He asks her to move away with him and escape Hawkins, but Joyce can't leave. Hopper totally forgot about Eleven, by the way. He messages her in Morse code to say that he's late. In the past, Eleven walks through the woods and finds where Hop left the Egos. In the present, Hopper shows up with candy, but Eleven is super mad at him. She turns on her TV and tries to access the Upside Down. She sees Mike trying to call her on the radio but she can't reach him so she cries cool cool so 11 is stuck in the upside down in the school um what is this portal has it always been there i think it's like damage from like the battle or something and it's like a hole like an open wound that she can just get through right maybe there are a couple little gates yeah I agree. I think, was, place. I think it's definitely part of the damage from the final attack at the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. It's the final countdown. And I think that because of that and then the place at Hawkins, I think there are places where it's like structurally weaker and like the place in the woods in season one. Yeah, they're like liminal spaces where like mm-hmm. the space between our world and the next world is thinner. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, my next note was, I don't love this membrane squel- squelching sound. Not not great. It's not, not my favorite fan. thing I've ever heard, yeah. but um, it sure is uncomfortable. Yeah. Who was on the other side? The police? Yeah. I thought it was the police or like the feds or something. Yeah, or something. Scientists. Bad guys looking for her. Exactly. Um, where is everyone? Like, the school is suddenly just, like, full-on... I think it's just that same night. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's literally, like, probably an hour later. Mm-hmm. So, but- like, the big thing at the end of the season was Elle disappears in the Upside Down, and then Elle just walks down a hallway, and she's like, Oh! I'm back! Yeah. I'm back, bitches! Yeah. Karen asks, what if the Russians come looking for her? So she's worried about her family. Mm-hmm. And the Russians. Mm-hmm. And Ted says, it's top secret for the good of America. Well, shut up, Ted. The Wheelers are Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So. Canonically, I This think. makes sense. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty yeah. sure there's like a Reagan sign in their yard. Yeah. So he says that it's top secret. It's literally like that same night. But then last episode, Murray said that one of Ted's co-workers knew about Eleven. So but- like, Ted. What did you do, bud? No, didn't they only know about Eleven because, like, Eleven was seen around, like, the Ego incident in the grocery store and stuff? He said one of Ted's co- one of the, one of the co-works of Ted Wheeler said something about Eleven. Ted now denies this. I feel like Ted probably oh. said something about it, like, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is a lazy gossip man. Yeah. A um, lazy like, gossip man. Or maybe he had, like, a couple beers or something. Yeah, and, exactly. And chatted with one of his work friends. Exactly. Yeah. Mike- told them some stuff because he says i've told you everything i know but he would never say where she is even if he knew because he but he doesn't yeah so it's like so which one is it Mm -hmm. do you know or do you not know yeah so they try to tell like by they i mean the government Mm yeah tries to tell mike that 11 was lying and that she was a bad person and unfortunately 11 hears this yeah Somehow? And so then she gets upset. Is she who is she upset at? Is she just upset that she can't go back to see Mike? Is she upset at Mike thinking that Mike actually hates her? Like I think she's just upset in general. Yeah. What were we talking about again? Um, what is Eleven upset about? When she leaves watching Mike or what? Yeah, she sees Mike and she gets upset and then leaves. Is she like what's she upset about? Is, does she think that Mike hates her now? Does she is she she's, upset because she can't go back and talk to Mike anymore? I think it's that that she can't like get to him. Like mm-hmm. they've got to him and he she can't. Does you know she I mean? think that Mike will 
eventually believe them. Maybe. I think that's something that she would fear. Yeah, it's definitely a fear that she probably has, yeah. In the present, in the present, and by present I mean 1984. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was doing with my notes too. I was like, in the present, 25 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) 25 years ago. Oh my god, 1984 was a really long time ago. I think it was a long, well, if you were born in I was born in 89. Then it was even more than 25. I'm stressed. <laughs> in my my brain is permanently stuck in like the 2000s. Mm. Yep. Eleven wants to go trick or treating. She says if she goes in costume, then nobody will see her and nobody will know that it's her. Yeah. It's not bad logic. Yeah. But this same thing happens in season one of the hundred, and um, it doesn't go well. Oop. Oh, that's true. So maybe let's not. I totally blocked that out, but that totally did happen. Yeah, damn. I've got some fun facts from IMDb. Ooh, I love fun facts. Eleven wants to see Mike and her other friends so badly she inadvertently makes a Halloween costume that would make it easier for them to find her. She plans to be a ghost on Halloween. Mike, Dustin, Will, and Lucas all go as Ghostbusters. <gasps> I didn't even notice that. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, that's wholesome. So I sad. Does that mean like they have to go and like they're trying to find her? Yeah, they're trying to catch her. Yeah. Uh, when Eleven wants to go trick or treating, she puts on a ghost outfit so she won't be seen. This is the same outfit ET wears during Halloween on- in ET. Which makes sense because this episode, as all episodes, has big ET vibes. Totally. Yeah. So he says that or Hopper, I mean, says that they're not going to do that because they don't take risks because risks are for stupid people and they're not stupid. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what they can do is they can hang out together all evening so that they can have a compromise, halfway happy. He promises her, but he goes back on it because he loses time. He's just, he's a new parent. He hasn't had to do it in a long time. And sometimes that makes him not good at Mm -hmm. it. And he's very rarely needed to be accountable to anyone as well. Like, you know he even shows up late to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another fun fact. In an interview, Millie Bobby Brown said that she loved shooting scenes in the cabin with David Harbour, but like Eleven, she found the scenes of her alone incredibly boring. Really? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I guess, yeah. The well, last sense. season, she spent all her time with so many people. Yeah. So I get it. All right. The part that Sam cares about and all yeah. of us care about. <clears throat> Hopper comes to Joyce's to talk about the drawing. He talks about how he could be having flashbacks because Hopper knows people with PTSD and it feels like you're there. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody says that they could take Will back to Chicago. Yeah, I think he says they could go back to Chicago, and she says there was not some guy in Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're basically, like, brainstorming what to do with Will. Like, is there a place they can get him yeah, better help? Yeah, right. My, but my question was, like, the use of the word back, because take him back to Chicago implies that they were there, and yeah. then they're going back. So either, like, our um, headcanon that that's the big city that Hopper is from, so mm-hmm. either it's, like, take him back to Chicago because Hopper has been to Chicago because mm-hmm. he lived in Chicago, yeah. or take him back to Chicago because they took Will to Chicago and then they came back and then they took him back. And if they took Will to Chicago, I want to see that road trip. Right. I want to I think they took him to Chicago and also Boston mm-hmm. and, like, explored other avenues of getting him help. Right. But couldn't get any help other than, like, the guys at the lab because, like, the guys at the lab actually know what's going on and they can't tell other people what's going on right exactly hopper thinks that owens is right they talk they share a cigarette don't smoke kids yeah uh peace don't do that it's not good for your health every time people are every time i tell people not to smoke they're like but what about marijuana that's okay and i'm like you don't have to smoke it yeah you don't have to smoke it there's so many different ways to take marijuana i don't care what you do but you shouldn't smoke it and you shouldn't vape you shouldn't take anything into your lungs yeah, literally, do whatever you want with your body that doesn't um, slowly deteriorate it in a way that gives you cancer. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't, don't, don't inhale things. Don't voluntarily give yourself cancer is what we're saying here. Unless it's from an inhaler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, you can experiment all you want as a, as a free person, but smoking is bad no matter Mm -hmm. how many ways you look at it. Yeah. Okay. Please explain this to me, Sam. I feel like you would know more about this than I do. So she takes a drag off his cigarette Mm -hmm. and then she's like, bleh, bleh, ew. What's going on there? I've, I've always been like, what the heck is going on here? And pretty, it's either that she hasn't had it in a while or there's no filter in a cigarette, so it's just nasty. It's probably both. It looks like there was crap, like, that she was literally spitting out. Yeah, or, I, thought, I thought that, it, like... Are they making fun of him having a beard? That's that's what I that's what I always thought, that it was, like, there was, like, mustache hairs on it or something. Ew. He was like, she was like, ugh, now there's hair in my... Like, I, that's what I always assumed, because that's the only thing that I could understand. I didn't that's even funny. think about that, but, like, yeah, I don't know. If someone's uh, listening to this and you know what that was supposed to imply, let us know. Yeah, because I've always wondered. He looks so happy that she remembers. Yeah, it's like he he truly thought he was the only one that remembered them doing that. Mm-hmm. Them like hanging out in high school. Yeah. yeah. They talk about how they used to hang out between fifth and sixth period under the steps. And they would always get caught by Mr. Cooper. Mr. Cooper? Apparently. Hmm. So they're just having like cute fun times. Mm-hmm. Do you have thoughts on this? Uh, I just really uh, like it and like how this uh, gives me content for my segment later. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Um, it's just a really sweet scene and I like the backstory that it gives us in such a simple, quick moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such shorthand. That, yeah, yeah. It's so good for just giving us that history and we can gain so much from it and be like, I oh, guess they were friends in high school. They were like such good friends in high school that they like hung out all the time and like ditched class together and smoked together smoked together and mm-hmm. it it just opens up that world for them and like their history in a really satisfying way as a shipper well that's why adult ships are so much fun yeah because often like the catalyst of the show that you're watching if there are adults and also kids and also teens or whatever usually the catalyst of the show is like the main characters like meeting yeah and so if the if the adult characters aren't like the main characters Mm -hmm. then usually they have a history together yeah so that's why we love like all of the uh parent ships on riverdale is because they all knew each other in high school and so you there's so many there's so much to parse through that's why it's so much fun but like for there to be a history you can just like there's so much opportunity canon is usually pretty great for like most stories mm-hmm. but canon is even better when it gives you the tools to like explore even more between characters outside of that exactly when so, it's moldable like, yeah so like it's very it, it gives you a playground yeah basically like shows do all they can and give you like as much as you need sometimes. And then the best ones give you all that and the tools to play in their own playground. Exactly. Um, so then Joyce stops laughing. Um, does she feel bad for having fun when bad things are happening to Will? 100% that's Probably. what I think. That sucks. I think anything that she does that brings her joy brings her guilt. I also think that Hopper, like, distracted her for a moment and it was mm-hmm. really sweet. And then as soon as, like, that moment was over, she remembered, like, how scared she is still. Yeah. So I think that's part of and it. how crappy life mm-hmm. is right now. Yeah. So Eleven watches TV. She can change channels with her mind, which I wish I could do. Yeah, jealous. Hopper was just talking about flashbacks. And this is kind of a one year anniversary for Eleven as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she has the squirrel flashback. And like you <laughs> so said, weird. has she had has she had to clean and eat animals before? I guess so, but she did it really efficiently. So I was like, where did you learn that? 
Yeah. So she steals the guy's clothes. I don't know what happened to that guy, but I would like to know. Yeah, RIP to that man. My next note was just, ew, the sounds of bugs are so gross. Agreed. That's like, I think that's when Hopper gets to the station again. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, when he rips the tarp off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Eugene thinks Meryl poisoned him back, even though he didn't do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of conspiracy theories between mm-hmm. these old men. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And he's like, do you know why my hands look like this? So hers can look like this. <laughs> and he says, because you're old. And you're like, <laughs> like, well, that's not very nice. But then the guy's like, yes. Yeah. Yes, because I'm old. And I, I am smart. And I know things. And I'm like, you know what? Take it, sir. <laughs> Take it away, Ernie. Yeah. 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 So then Hopper's like, okay, well, I don't really care about this because it's literally just, like, two old guys having a feud. And he's like, what, you think it's, like, literally just us? Like, literally this is happening to everybody. He's like, Hopper's oh, like, wait a second. Now I have to care. Um, so he goes to the pumpkin patch and the pumpkins are two for four dollars. So sign me up. That sounds like a deal. That's a pretty good deal. What's the deal with Cowboy Kid? He's, why, he's is he, a- why is he such a big deal? I don't know either. He's just a kid having fun. I guess so. So it's not only messing up the pumpkins, it's also basically disintegrating like trees as well. Um, He says not to touch anything without gloves. And of course, Callahan already has it all up in his face. Yeah, because he's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Callahan has a single brain cell. Where is it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, He, Hopper asks the farmer guy for his marking flags. Mm -hmm. He says, do you have any? Is he going to pay him for his marking flags? Probably he's not. just using all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's trying to solve a crime for him, too. Uh, so Dracula Bob teaches the video camera. Um, and there's a fun fact from IMDb. Ooh, is it annoying? I don't think so. Okay. I think Sam will like it. Okay. The video camera used by Bob and Will is the JVC GRC1, the same model used by Marty in Back to the Future. Ah, that's so cute! <gasps> no way! Mm-hmm. I kind of love that. I love Back to the Future. <laughs> Same. So Joyce is talking to Will about like, you know, she's basically just worrying all over him and Will is totally down to listen. Like he literally like listens to everything he says. Yeah. Like at no point does he pull a mic and is just like, I know mom. Okay. I get it. Like Will has a lot of patience and a lot of respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His family thought that they lost him, but he also thought that he lost his family. Exactly. He's he's grateful to be alive. He's grateful to be there to listen to his mom's worrying. Yeah, Yeah. Like there's someone who worries about him. How amazing is that? Yeah. So Jonathan doesn't really like Bob, but Will doesn't mind him. But Will does feel like everybody kind of treats him like a baby. And at least Bob doesn't. True. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Jonathan lets Will go trick-or-treating by himself and Jonathan's going to go to the party. Is Jonathan doing this for Will or is he doing it so he can go to the party? See yes. Nancy. Two things can be true. Because yeah. Will just talked about being uh, being treated like a baby. Yeah. And so Jonathan's like, ah, two birds, one stone, buy it on iTunes. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> go to the party and you're going to do whatever you want. Exactly. Bye. So Bob and Joyce dance to Kenny Rogers, which they literally talked about last episode. It's pity heckin' cute. And then my next thing was, do they get any trick-or-treaters out there? Because they're kind of, like, out of the way. I think they do. And they do, but probably not very many. No. Especially after, like, all that scary stuff happened last year. As someone who lived out in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. you get maybe one. Wow. Yeah. Or you are the one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Another fun fact, uh, Bob dresses up as Dracula for Halloween, dances with Joyce in his costume. Winona Ryder, who plays Joyce, also played Mina Murray in Bram Stoker's Dracula and danced with Dracula in that movie. Oh my god, I didn't know that. So there you go. Fun facts. Happened in 1992. I only know about that movie because I'm pretty sure she kissed a girl in it. Oh, great. Check so. So, I know we all love Jopper here. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. 
but I but I think we all can recognize the points that Joyce Bob is also oh, oh hell yes because Joyce is like I feel stupid because I'm always worrying about him and you know I don't need to worry about him it's literally been a year and everything's fine it's really silly of me to be worrying about him and Bob says no it's not silly yeah like, he's so validating and so mm-hmm. kind and just like such an amazing person Stranger Things did an adult love triangle that I did not mind in the slightest like, I enjoyed it yep mm-hmm. because Jopper still got that like that history and that richness and that like slow burn longing thing going on but Bob just treats Joyce right and she deserves that so much yep. and he's just such a nice like he's the ni- Jonathan wishes he was this nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, he's the nice guy trope where it's like, actually, yes, this is a nice man and I want her to date him because he makes her happy. Well, they even hand you some history with them, too. Exactly. Because they even have history as well. Yeah. Um, so they talk about how they could move away and they could be normal, but Joyce doesn't want to because she, like, really loves this town. Mm-hmm. And this is mentioned in season three, I believe. Yeah. If you guys want some Jopper slash Joyce Bob feels, go ahead and go onto your Spotify <laughs> and look up Too Afraid by Marina. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, Hop is still working. He's late, but he needs candy because he promised candy to Eleven. So he has to pay off this kid right. for his candy. And in my experience, kids don't really understand the value of money. Right. And so I am surprised that that kid was willing to... <laughs> I love that this kid did understand the value of money. Maybe this kid is also saving up to go to the arcade. Right, right, right. He's like, sure, I'll take your pocket change, bud. Yeah. Yeah. So Eleven is alone and sad. And you know what? It's the 80s and she has nothing to do. Right. Like, there's literally, like, there's barely anything to watch on TV. Yeah. There's barely anything to watch on TV. She doesn't have, like, Hopper, bless his heart, he should have, like, gone to Joyce mm-hmm. for help. Because yeah. he does not know how to raise a teenage girl. Like he does in, at the beginning of season three. Right. Exactly. Like, she could have, like, gotten her books. She mm-hmm. could have, like, helped her not feel so alone. But Hopper is so scared that he's letting it make him not a great parent. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's trying to open up to Joyce. He's trying to, like foster a relationship even though she's already in a relationship but he's trying to foster something and be open to her and everything but he's keeping like the biggest secret ever yeah i i remember between seasons one and two like there were so many like theories about how they would like all be a little family together Mm -hmm. and i sometimes wish we had gotten that because hopper and 11 makes me sad sometimes because it, it they're both trying so hard and they're both failing so miserably yep and i just feel like joyce could have helped them both well they're both loners and so like they're being loners together but then sometimes they need to like continue to be loners you right know? but shows are afraid of putting like a big ship together like you know that you know that the audience cares about a ship mm-hmm. when they don't put them together. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. they, they gave us Eleven and Mike, take it. They gave, they put Lucas and Max, yeah, take it. They're like, here, Nancy and Jonathan, sure, you can have it yep. or whatever. But Joyce and Hopper, they specifically the didn't give it to yep. us because they know that people care and they don't want to mess it up. Yeah, right. You know, it's it's brave to put your characters together, you know? Yeah. Um, especially because, like, when it happens, sometimes the quality of the show goes down. Like, shout out to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because that literally never happened <laughs> for them. And it uh, didn't happen in Parks and Rec either. No, I think I think if you are good at writing relationships, mm-hmm. it will not go down. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so much ground to explore once a couple has gotten together and, like, mm-hmm. 
the work of like staying together and like the joys of being together Mm -hmm. that you can tell so many more stories once your couples get together. Totally. You just have to be brave enough to go there. Yeah, totally. And a lot of writers are just like, oh, that's not interesting. I'm like, you don't find any of your own relationships interesting? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Draw on your own relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven watches television programs to learn. This is from IMDb. Eleven watches television programs to learn social skills and vocabulary much the same as Madison does in Splash, which was released in the same year that this season is set. Oh, that's cute. So here you go. So she starts to get a Morse code message mm-hmm. from Hopper. And of course, they're on channel 11. Of course. Which of course. is cute. Um, and he sends her late, which obviously means that he's late. He's late. So I think she knows, bud. Yeah. It's dark. <laughs> so from IMDb, um, when Hopper transmits late to 11 in Morse code, the first word he is sending is sorry. Oh, that's really sad. So it's not just late over and over again. He's yeah. Like, he's like, uh, sorry, late. I like that fun fact, I because you don't know that you unless don't know. you, like, crack it. Yeah. So then we see the first time that she finds the Eggos. It's a flashback to the first time she I finds the Eggos. I that. And she leaves the box open. Close the box, it's going to be filled with snow. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> and then, yeah, I am really proud of myself last episode mm-hmm. because I translated us in Morse code for the knock myself. What? Yeah, remember okay. remember last episode when I was like, I think it's us. It could be something else, but <gasps> that's I'm right. Sure it's yes, us. yes, 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 yes. Well, IMDb says the knocking pad of the sheriff uses when he return when he returns home late is us in Morse code. Thanks, I'm a genius. You're a queen. <laughs> of course, she's really upset with him, and she goes to the upside down to see Mike. But of course, Mike can't see her. But he talked with Will about how like sometimes he feels like he can feel her. Yeah, but of course that makes him feel stupid because she's not actually there. You know, but, but I then, mean, but then like, of course, she is there. Yeah, now we learn that that she actually is there. The scene where she's watching TV is the scene that is cited when people talk about how Eleven gets jealous of Max. Yeah, yeah, and of course, that's really like literally the only way she could have learned jealousy. Yeah, I mean, I 100% see it now. Mm-hmm. And like, I think I when we were watching that scene, I was like, this is such an interesting commentary on how influential pop culture is. Yeah. Because when people make like arguments over why should we do this? Like, why do people deserve representation? Or like, you know, it's just a TV show. They're never just TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like someone out there is learning behavior from it. So that's yeah. why pop culture is so influential in like, every area of life mm-hmm. because if you normalize something like gay characters in pop culture people will learn they see it there they will learn to see it other places and they will accept it like pop culture is the way you give people accessibility to complex issues mm-hmm. so if you teach sexism in co- pop culture which is like what happened with 11 you will in turn elicit sexist behavior yeah in other people yeah uh so from imdb 353 days are the are how many days mike called 11 to see if she was alive uh uh Brittany, can you do math i sure can't can you try sure so 353 what are the three numbers in 353 three five and three can you tell me what those numbers add up to 11 11 that's insane wow i literally <laughs> never would have clocked that <laughs> My last note on this episode was literally just, she's sad. I sad. And I'm sad for her. Agreed. (laughs) Now it's time for segments. Yay! So my segment is called Good Guy Steve Alert. So, Good Guy Steve Alert. He helps bring Nancy back down to earth when she's really sad about Barb. Yeah, yeah. (gasps) Good Guy Steve Alert. Mm -hmm. He tries to stop Nancy from drinking too much. Yes. Good Guy Steve Alert. Mm -hmm. He offers to take her home when she's drunk. 
Yeah, these are all good guys, Steve. Thank you. A good guy. He is a good guy. And my segment is how garbagey was Jonathan out of ten this ep. Um, so on today's scale, we're using um candy, candy, and it's Tootsie Rolls. So out of ten Tootsie Rolls, he was zero garbage. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So so Tootsie Roll rappers, really. Yeah, he is <laughs> garbage. Yeah. And my segment is did Jopper acknowledge their obvious history? And the answer is yes. Yay. Yes. They uh they talked about how they used to make out. I mean, share cigarettes under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Hopper and Eleven for. Oh Jesus! Ghost. Yeah, I see that. Halloween. Sure is. Sure is. <laughs> sure is. Sure is. <laughs> and mine goes to Dustin for. Tubular. 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 <laughs> is it Dustin and Lucas? No, it's just Dustin walking by himself trying to say it. At, at the, the end of the episode. Oh, at the end of the episode. Okay, thank you. Like, at some point, it becomes Australian. Yeah. Tubular. Tubular. Uh, and mine goes to Bob for... I hope it doesn't suck. I hope it doesn't suck. I hope so it cute. doesn't suck. He's the dad friend that I want to be friends with. Protect him. Love. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's just perpetually open. It's in the description of this podcast. We'd love to hear some things that you like about the podcast, some things that you think we could work on. Um, And for those iTunes reviews, if you don't feel like writing something, feel free to just use those little stars there. Yeah. Thanks. If you're into The 100, we enjoy talking about that show, too. We covered seasons four, five, and six. Uh, We just went to a convention about it called Unity Days, and we will be covering season seven. And then we're going to go back and do the first three, which I'm excited about because I have a lot of thoughts on it. Okay. That's when the show is good. So, mm, yeah. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. Sometimes too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can check out our podcast there. Uh, we've done every season so far. It's been renewed for season five. And uh, we can't get enough of that ridiculous show. <laughs> yeah. The garbage will never stop. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, that is by far our longest podcast. Um, so if you're looking for some real, real in-depth type stuff, um, that's where you can find it. It is spoiler-free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you are watching for the first time, feel free to join us. We would love to have you. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we have a Star Trek Picard pod. We just started it, so we're just on season one. It has spoilers for all of Star Trek, but also... If you've never seen Star Trek, it's for you too. Because neither is Robin. Yeah, I'm here and I'm asking all the questions that people have. Exactly. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube. Mostly Twitter, um, but I do make gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. And also our website is Aficionados, uh, uh, theaficionados.com. Um, I like redid it recently and I, I worked really hard on it. It looks she, nice. She did a great job. My face is on there now. It's true, it is. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you spare a dollar, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Please help us. Please help us. <laughs> For a dollar, become a patron. Yeah. <laughs> For a dollar. <laughs> uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-U-I pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Casey's. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. And uh, I talk a lot about Star Trek. <laughs> I also write reviews, which you can find on telltelltv.com or in the description box below. Uh, the next episode is episode 203, The Polywog, and that will be coming out on April 8th. That's what we're doing here every six weeks so that we can make it the whole year. Whoop, whoop. See you then. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.